Marty, what is going on? Pretty slow news week so far, and we're only we're only here to Thursday. Oh, I mean Wednesday. Sorry, just feels like Thursday. There's just a lot. It's like drinking from a fire hose. Welcome to the show, the Pete Callender Show, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The phone number is 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, in the next hour, we're going to talk with A.P. Dillon from the North State Journal with a bit of a bombshell report about the absentee ballot portal that North Carolina adopted. Would it surprise you to learn that they were working on implementing it before COVID even hit? Yeah, they were. We'll talk with A.P. Uh, at the top of the next hour. But I want to start with the uh, the report that was released detailing the the problems that the school board had with uh, its superintendent, Charlotte Mecklenburg School Superintendent, now former superintendent, Ernest Winston. And let me just start here with the uh, the Charlotte Observer editorial board. As Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools continues to flounder amid a sea of crises, <laughs> a new leader, why do they hate education? Why do they hate the children and the teachers? Sorry. That's usually the response you get when, well, I get. If I say something like that, like, wow, CMS got a whole bunch of crises going on. It means I hate educators. I hate children. I hate all sorts of other types of people that go to school, work in schools, whatever. But uh, I guess the board of uh, the editorial board, rather, at the Charlotte Observer, they can say it. And not be open up to such charges. Anyway, they say as CMS continues to flounder amid a sea of crises, a new leader will be brought in. In hope, will we'll be brought. Okay, well, they left out one of the ends. Will be brought in in hopes of keeping it afloat. But that may not be enough. So this is one of the narratives that usually gets employed when. Uh, political allies are running the show. You get the think pieces about, is it possible that we're just not governable? Is it possible that no president can succeed? The job has just gotten too big. He lives in a fishbowl. He couldn't possibly know all there is to know. It's just too much for one person. Right now, if it's DeSantis or, you know, somebody who isn't a political ally, well, then it's his fault that things aren't going well, that the sea of crises is of his own doing, that sort of thing. This is the the way narratives are employed. Um, The other argument is usually made that uh, this is obviously proof that Charlotte Mecklenburg schools needs way more money. That'll fix it, right? Let's grow it even bigger. Yeah, yeah. Let's make CMS even bigger, more powerful, more uh Uh, intrusive into people's lives. People are already forced to, you know, buy homes, take jobs, order their entire lives around the K-12 system. But obviously the sea of crises that they're facing would be ameliorated by way more money and making it even more powerful and in a bigger part of our lives. So they talk about here this... uh, report that was issued in the list of CMS struggles under Winston's leadership. And they said it's, it is substantial. And his response to the struggles 
has been underwhelming. He has not been particularly forceful or innovative as a leader, promising bold actions on things like student outcomes and school safety, but rarely following through. See, I'm old enough to remember a fella named Jim Pusley, who also made some really grandiose promises. I believe it was about, they had targeted a couple of schools that were, uh, well, I guess it wasn't a sea of crises. It was maybe just like a lake, maybe a smaller body of water of crises at particular schools. I want to say like West, Charlotte, um, I don't know. I think there was like three or four or five different schools where the achievement gap, sorry, was it called the opportunity gap now? I think they changed the name of that, so it's not totally the same thing. Uh, but the difference in academic performance and results that you see and this disparity between different races and ethnicities. And uh, after Charlotte Mecklenburg was released from the busing orders that were in place by the federal courts for decades that uh, allowed the district and forced the district to you know, bus white kids and black kids sort of all over the place in order to racially balance schools in Charlotte Mecklenburg, uh, when they were finally released from that order, despite the protests from Charlotte Mecklenburg School Board of Education, Arthur Griffin, the chairman, a black Democrat, made the argument on the stand when testifying that we cannot be trusted to fund black schools like we fund white schools. That was their defense. It did not fly. And so they lost, and then they were like, you don't have to bus. So then they started trying to figure out all these different ways that they could kind of bus without having to say it's race-based busing so they did socioeconomic status and all this anyway i'm down a rabbit hole on that the point here is that um you had jim pusley do this program these grand promises that he was going to turn around some of these schools and they were going to do it in like three years or five years something like that and of course they did not get turned around and it's always the same story it's always the same story and again i would point out the problem is the model The problem is the model. You can put another superintendent in there. The problem is still the model. You're not going to see results. They'll come in. They'll implement their listening tour. They'll implement some changes. Then people will get mad at those changes. And uh, then they will dust off the resume and head someplace else. Meanwhile, collecting pensions in as many places as possible. So, No, I'm pretty pessimistic on bringing in a new superintendent to fix this. But I do agree with the editorial board that he was not a particularly forceful or innovative leader. He wasn't. And it is reflected in the comments throughout his personal uh, performance reviews. I'll get into some of those up next. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, the Pete Callender Show. Remember, you can uh, follow me on Twitter, at Pete Callender. It's where I basically live when I'm not on the air. And when I'm on the air, you can call me at 704-570-1110 or 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also hit me up with an email, Pete at ThePeteCallenderShow.com. And remember, get the podcast, WBT.com or ThePeteCallenderShow.com. All righty. I've got and have uh, read through all of the comments that 
the school board members at Charlotte-Mecklenburg made in their performance evaluation of the now former superintendent. This was the information that they threatened they would release, and they did so when they voted to uh, oust him. He could have avoided this information being released if he was willing to walk for 300000 He refused to walk for 300000 thereby uh, gaining the entirety of his two-year severance, clocking in at like $570,000. So the board evaluates, at least in the parts that they released, part one, board evaluations, uh, they evaluate seven different standards, visionary leadership, policy and governance, communications and community relations, effective management, instructional leadership, resource management, and ethical leadership. I am not going to read this. It's 33 pages, okay, this entire, and all it is is just like uh, anonymous quotes from all of the board members. And they also have some uh, rankings where they score him. I think it's on a, one, a scale of one to four. And virtually all of the numbers were twos, ones, There were a couple of threes sprinkled in there. I don't think I saw any fours, maybe one or two, but virtually all of them, ones and twos, twos and ones, mainly mainly twos, which is developing. A one is ineffective, then developing, then effective is a three, and accomplished is four. Okay, so here are some of the highlights, well, I should say lowlights, because there were. I mean, there's a lot of comments in here about various things. I'm not going to get in the weeds on a lot of this stuff, like the programs and implementation of specific programs. These are more overarching comments about his performance because they felt obligated to explain, you know, why they hired the guy, gave him all the money, thought he was doing a fantastic job, and then turned around and gave him ones and twos and then fired him. So what happened? Did he get did he just get bad at the job or did he not mature into the job? Did he not grow into the job? So here are some of the comments. Under standard one, visionary leadership. Our district outcomes are falling faster than any other district in our area. I am not seeing a real plan to reverse the depths we have fallen to. Actually, it should be to the uh, a plan to reverse the depths to which we have fallen. I mean, just, you know, if I'm being grammatically correct in an educational setting. Anyway, uh, there has been little to no vision expressed in terms of strategic goals and initiatives necessary to achieve them. Uh, Let me read that again. There have been, I'm sorry, the punctuation on some of this stuff is terrible. There has been little to no vision expressed in terms of strategic goals and initiatives necessary to achieve them response to the pandemic and the unfinished learning slash learning loss. So no vision. The only consistent message has been one associated with the anti-racism initiative. The strategic objectives, goals, and key performance indicators for which have never been defined and the linkage to our actual mission and student academic performance is tenuous at best. So again, the, The only consistent message is on the anti-racism initiative. Uh, Let's see here. Next page. Members of executive staff seem to struggle to understand your vision. What is it you want of them? What does success look like? What have I been saying? Since I got back and I've been covering CMS and every time I hear superintendent, former superintendent Winston uh, 
you know, give public comments about things. And I'm not calling him shallow. I'm saying that the comments are shallow. There's not a lot of depth. There's not a lot of passion. And that is obviously what the rest of the board and the executive staff in the district was seeing as well. Community continues to ask, where is the district going? What are you doing specifically? How can we help specifically? And answers lack substance. Indeed. The way of work seems to be transactional, reactionary, not strategic. Too many decisions that come from panicking and overcorrecting, intensifying rather than anticipating or resolving a crisis. It is difficult to find the balance between hesitancy and recklessness. Somewhere in the middle is thoughtful decisiveness. You need trusted advisors and thought partners to help you here. This is their advice, the board's advice to Winston. They go on to say, we keep saying COVID showed and exasperated the deficits of our weakest learners. I think COVID also showed and exasperated, I think it would be exaggerated, but anyway, the deficits in your skill set. COVID showed the deficits in your skill set. It is often said that we don't know what we don't know. In your case, in a crisis, you felt you had to rely on what you knew and uh, your short suit turned out to be administration. And you ended up relying on staff that had the same short suit. Brutal. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Joe Bruno over at uh, Channel 9, WSOC-TV, tweeted out, uh, since 2012, Charlotte has had five superintendents, five city city managers, and seven mayors. So that is a lot of turnover in 10 years. Seven mayors. So their their terms are averaging less than a year. (laughs) Or less than a a two-year term, I should say. Less than one term. That's pretty amazing. Uh, The turnover is no bueno. All right, so back to the assessments from the Charlotte-Mecklenburg School Board of its superintendent that they just fired. This was on his last performance review. They said learning one of them, and I don't know know who said any of these statements. They're just anonymous, but they were part of the performance review. So here's a school board member who said, learning a new skill set is never comfortable, and relying on it often feels like walking on thin ice. Attempting to digest and implement that new administrative skill set in the midst of a COVID crisis must have seemed impossible. No amount of professional development or mentoring was going to serve you well at that point. You had to be who you are and pray that the stellar qualities we saw in you when we hired you would make up the difference. And sometimes it has. If looking for the heart rather than the skill set was a mistake, then that mistake was ours. As a board. Yes. Yes, it was. It was totally your mistake as a board. Absolutely. This board member said, but personally, I would make that mistake again. Okay, you need to step down. Whoever said that, you need to step down. You're not, this isn't a, this isn't a contest for nicest guy. You're trying to manage a, an organization 
that has lifelong impact on the people of our society with a one point, whatever it is now, one and a half billion dollar annual budget with, what, 140,000 students? How many staff? Thousands of staff. Has an impact on economic development, on everything. What you bring to the table cannot be learned. What you lack can be learned. I truly believe that had COVID not thrown you a curveball, we all would have been in a much different place. We have run through more credentialed superintendents than I want to count, each of whom let us down for lack of character. In my opinion, that's interesting. How many of you, because I was only aware of the last guy, Wilcox, right? That last guy. What was the problem with all of the other people's character? In my opinion, your character has never been an issue. That's your trump card and your winning suit. And it has shown up in several key decisions you have made under tremendous pressure. The rest can be learned. And as soon as you catch your breath, I encourage you to do so. So at this point, they were still like, you know, attaboy, you can do it. They were kind of, you know, trying to buck him up to, you know, gird his loins for the fight ahead. And then everything fell apart. Next up. Policy and governance, serious issues with Title IX programming and the perception that we continue to put ourselves at legal risk because of compliance with several different policies. There have been three instances this year where the lack of consultation with the general counsel has resulted in excess risk to the district and poor communication to the public. So the general counsel's office, these are the lawyers. So we're getting ready to do something. You should really run it by the lawyers, especially if it's of a legal nature. And I can't think of something that's more of a legal nature than accusations of sexual assault and the covering up of said assaults. So that was mentioned, Title IX Task Force. They say, while we prevailed in court, we were at significant risk because community members were included in the task force. November 19th. Title IX press conference where the lawyers were not consulted in a timely manner. And then, of course, the contract that they gave to the anti-racist author, Ibram X. Kendi, that was not vetted by the lawyers either. And that put the district behind the eight ball as well. This person says, uh, I am very concerned about the judgment around the press conference. I'm very interested in adding additional staff to the Title IX office for a variety of reasons. I'm also interested in, in any investigation that we may need to do. I'm not interested in is checking behind to make sure that all these items have been cleared with the legal department because Title IX is a minefield of ways to make a mistake and not run afoul of requirements and other federal regulations. Think about what this board member is criticizing him for. Yeah, opening up the district to immeasurable risk by way of lawsuits. And that means we have to pay. This is the thing that ticks me off so much that we would have to pay. Taxpayers would be on the hook for that. And, and the kids, because every dollar you got to pay out in a lawsuit that could have been avoided if you had just checked with the lawyers first and truth be told, they probably would have said no, because that's what lawyers tend to do. But, um, but the fact that you didn't run it past them, put the kids at risk. Because every dollar you got to pay in a lawsuit is a dollar that doesn't go to the kids. 
Later on, another one says, I know we are under major press scrutiny, but I need to know that we are all rowing in the same direction with any big pronouncements. I know we all want things done quickly. I know I'm pushing the superintendent to make some announcements, but I need to make sure that they are in compliance with our regs, and I'm not sure that they are in this case. The judgment in making announcements like this with no vetting of legal or compliance uh, leaves me wondering what else might be amiss. I don't want to have to vet every press release or decision, but I need to trust that things are done properly, and I am not seeing that happen with things unfolding at the beginning of the year. Later on, another, I will be very honest in that I do not think the superintendent is getting good advice from his inner circle. This will result in continuing decisions that put the district at risk and have the community lose confidence. Uh, Let's see, another one says, superintendent must improve communication with all stakeholders, family, students, staff, community organizations, and business partnerships. This has been a troubling year for many missteps in communication that impedes the core business of educating students. By the way, there was this healthy vibe that is always part of a lot of um, uh, Democrat crisis management response, which is people just don't know what we're saying or the good things that we're doing. They just don't understand. See, so if, if we could just work on, on the messaging, then people will realize how awesome our ideas are. It's just they're not getting the message somehow that is throughout these comments throughout the comments. Like, I don't know. We need to highlight like all the good that our students are doing. That's just not getting through. We don't know why people aren't hearing all the good things, just the bad things. It's the media, the media focusing on, you know, the record number of guns being brought to school. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Here's a statement from the Charlotte-Mecklenburg Association of Educators. Uh, And that is who their constituency is, remember. On the firing of Superintendent Ernest Winston, quote, We are troubled by the CMS Board of Education's decision to fire Winston without cause. Ernest Winston led us through some of this district's greatest challenges, from keeping our kids and educators safe through the pandemic to stepping up and learning or leaning in, I hate these leftist terms, when our community demanded a reckoning on systemic racism, Superintendent Winston has been a transparent, cooperative leader through it all. CMAE continues to advocate that all stakeholders have a seat at every decision-making table. (laughs) The CMS board must lead an open and transparent search process for our next leader that includes educators, parents, and students. That's essential to finding the candidate. It will be our seventh superintendent search in 11 years. This is a concerning pattern. Uh, Frequent changes in leadership are hindering our district's ability to ensure success for all learners. Yeah, that's the problem. It's the superintendent. Um, And they look forward to working with the interim, Hugh Hadabaugh. All right. Oh, and then uh, this quote from Vilma Leak. Quote, there's no sugar left in that pudding on whether she thinks... Uh, CMS should hire from within when replacing Ernest Winston. She apparently says, no, there's no sugar left in that pudding. <laughs> that was Joe Bruno quoting that, uh, quoting Vilma Leak, the county commissioner, former school board member and former teacher. Um, all right, back to the performance evaluations. 
Uh, these are statements that the Charlotte Mecklenburg School Board members made about their superintendent in his latest performance assessment. Quote, there have been a series of alarming problems with how you've worked with the legal department. Questions are not asked when they should be asked or information is not fully shared in order to get good advice. They give a few examples. The contract to bring Ibram X. Kendi in that uh, should never have been signed as it was. And it was surprising that those responsible did not know better. The concern is not that we had a contract with him to speak. The concern is with what was written into the contract. Remember, the Kendi contract caused all sorts of problems after the media started asking for the video and then found out that, well, the contract doesn't let us provide that video to the general public. And then they put limitations on how long it would be available or how you could use it and tried to restrict the amount of time. And like, I, I didn't care. I, I got a copy of it and I was like, I'm going to run all the parts that I find to be newsworthy because that's public record. That's taxpayer funded. And this is what you're teaching the top level management and educators in CMS. Yeah, no, it's all public record. And so there was a big fight about that. And had it gone through the legal counsel, the general counsel's office, they would have known that ahead of time. And they would never have done the contract. But then, of course, the Kendi uh, publisher probably would not have allowed him to speak or Kendi would re- would have refused to speak because Kendi likes to control the, the venue and the format where he is questioned. He does not like to engage in open discussion where he can't, he can't maintain some level of control. And so that's why that contract was written that way. And I suspect that's why the Charlotte Mecklenburg school officials that did the contract That's why they let him write it. And it's why they didn't run it through the general counsel. They knew that their lawyers would say, no, don't do these things. And then that would have blown up the deal and Kendi wouldn't have spoken. And so they wanted Kendi so badly that they went around their own legal department and did not vet the contract through their lawyers which really tells you all you need to know about whether or not people are trying to put CRT theory, uh, critical race theory, rather, into the classroom. It's not being taught, Pete. It's a pedagogy. It's a method of teaching. It infects everything. And that's what Kendi was brought in to talk about. Okay, the statement about the policy change following the Olympic football player with the ankle monitor, that should have been vetted by the legal. And... Your student discipline team, but it wasn't apparently. Also, the composition and full vision for that Title IX task force was not shared. And then when legal gave advice about public versus private uh, meetings. Or sorry, that's was not shared when legal gave advice. Sorry, there's a again, these are comments from the board members. I'm trying to read them as we. Yeah, some of them. Anyway, the legal team is there to support you and the district. Sometimes it seems as though you're pressured to resist or even engage in some kind of turf battle with legal. This leads to mistakes that we can't afford. I say pressured because this doesn't seem to be your innate approach. This is not the Ernest I know. It's really puzzling and confounding. So what happened? Was Ernest being corrupted from within by his circle of trust? They talk about communication, not being an area that you can blame on COVID. 
Continuing issues with legal. The comms team, terrible. We have terrible relationships with most local media. We're struggling in communication, even uh, uh, communicating the simplest things to the public, to our teachers, to our staff, and to the families. I feel like any coverage on CMS turns nearly sinister, and there are very little, if any, positive stories that are coming out. Why can't the media just do positive stories? Got a tweet here. It says, Pete, hopefully there will be a significantly different school board before they actually hire a new superintendent. I don't know. We shall see. Up next, A.P. Dillon from the North State Journal. We'll talk about absentee ballot platforms. <laughs> 